Blog what up? Talk what up? What up? What up? This is A Town coming to you for another episode of the next chapter. Now, the interesting part about this show is it's going to be on the fly. Really have no idea what I'm going to talk about, no idea what's going on. Had a very interesting day that I'm not going to bring up. But I, I'm like this. When things start going sideways, I go with them. And what I do is I think about the good times. So we're going to get into a little bit of that, and then we're going to get into the show. Okay. Maybe that didn't happen. Let's try it again. All righty, all righty. Hello? You're listening to You're listening to the DIY Network and this is Shoot.
That was Sheik, Good Times, and you are listening to the D Hour Radio Network, and this is the next chapter. Now, the next chapter is talking about that transition point in your life where you go from one thing to another. And I don't mean just a simple transition. We're talking about a transition that marks a clear delineation in level of functioning, moving towards your purpose, or just learning to be happy in life. We're talking about those kind of transitions, right? And so the key to the next chapter is follow through. We got to have follow through. So in your next chapter, do not mix up transitioning for reaching your goal. Transitioning is a necessary part of reaching your goal, but it is not the end goal. So there's a saying by um, Paul Roberson, and I'm going to um, paraphrase this because I don't remember it exactly. But he basically said the equal position in American society that the Negro seeks cannot be accomplished without the equal rights we are fighting for. And so, therefore, equal rights is not the maximum goal. It is the minimum necessity. And sometimes we mix up the minimum necessity for the maximum goal. And so in that, I think we have our topic for today. We're going to talk about destinations versus way of life. And I think that is going to be the topic today. We're going to talk about destination versus way of life. And I'm looking for a song, and I don't see it. So I'm going to keep talking until I find it because I figure it would make a great transition into where we're heading. So let's talk about one our week. My week has been very interesting, very, very, very interesting. It, you know, it's always a mixture of the great and the not so great, and that's life. And what we do sometimes is we hold on to the negative or the things that are most painful, and we define our lives by it. I say, and for me, I do surround my life by the totality of what's going on. So if 10 things happen swell and five things happen not so swell, I'm swell because the preponderance of my life is swell. And if 10 things happen that are not so swell and five things happen that are swell, I'm still dope because I'm still breathing and I have everything that I need to change my life. So basically, I'm always swell. It does not mean I don't go through pain. It does not mean that I don't hurt. It doesn't mean that my life is some kind of utopia that can only be lived from some disillusioned type of perspective. What I'm saying is, this is something that goes, even if you're not Christian, you know, it's, 
something that Paul said. Paul said, I've learned to be content in everything, whether I have little or whether I have not, or whether I have much. And not to say that you make do with nothing or you make do with very little and you become content with it to the point where you don't want any changes. But he's just saying, I've been content to the point where I can live in any situation, whether it's abundance or dearth, and I still can be me and have my perspective of life, that life is okay, and I still can move through my life in a blessed fashion without changing who I am or what I think. Or, you know, like I say, you know, God is the God of everything, and he good every day, all day. And so, redefine your life. As long as you're breathing and you got everything you need to move on and change your life, don't get caught up in the negative part. Let's run that race, and then as Nipsey say, let's do a victory lap. I'm the type that's gon' go get it, no kidding Breaking down a switch in front of your building Sitting on the steps, feeling no feelings Last night it was the cold chillin' You gotta keep the devil in his hole But you know how it goes I'm front line every time it's sold 100 pro flow, running shoot pro 458 drop, playing bulletproof soul Every few shows, I just buy some new gold Circle got smaller, everybody can't go Downtown Diamond District, jewelers like yo Hustle, holla at me, I got Cubans on the low Through the Cancun, smoking Cubans on the boat Then dock that saloon just to smoke Look, listening to music at the Mayan ruins True devotion on the bluest ocean Cruise, my cultural influence, even revolution I'm integrated vertically, y'all blew it They tell me hustle, dumb it down, you might confuse me It's like that weirdo rap you motherfuckers choose to I'm an urban legend, South Central in a certain section. Can't express how I curb the tactics. Justice, evidence of a divine presence. Blessing, held me down at times I seem reckless. Epic, got an L but got an E for effort. Stressed it, dropped him off in the Mojave Desert. The left, ain't no answer to these trick questions. Money making nip, straighten out my jewelry on my dress. Well known, pick up in jail clothes. Snatch a champagne bottle from Rico's till T show. Whatever. Playing chess, not checkers. 38 special for you, clever. See, bro, you ain't living down by the street code. Been through all these motions up and down like a seesaw. I can never view you as my equal. I want to hear your CD phone. Making meals, bossed up in this 
I've been making deals. Get your lawyer on the phone, we can make it real. I got checks and balance, I flex dramatic. Another 50 on my neck, it's my reckless habit. Ain't no pussy on my rap, disrespect the savage. I make one phone call and the rest get handled. It's just another front step with candles. No message from the set, we accept your challenge. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is the DR Radio Network. This is A-Town. My, my girl, Joy Joy, has some personal business to take care of, so she's not there, but a shout-out to Joy Joy. This is the next chapter, talking about how to go to the next chapter of your life. Today, we're going to talk about transitions and destinations versus way of life. If you want to call in, call in. Let me oh, let me give you the number, because I don't know about how I got to read it. It's 646-668. Two five seven four. Let me read that again. Six four six 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 eight two five seven four. I realize I said four before. You would not realize that I'm slightly educated when I say four. So six four six 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 eight two five seven four. So as I was saying, people. Oh, you know what? Let's let's do hot topic. And I'm terrible at hot topic. But um, because I don't really pay attention to what's going on, but I will say what I really like is the um the repercussions of the Netflix special when they see us. If you did not see it, first of all, do whatever meditation you need. Get yourself in the right position. Understand that if you have a heart. And you, and especially if you have a heart and you black and you conscious, this thing is going to do a number on you. I have to be honest. I turned it on. I started watching it, and then I turned it off and said, I can't watch it. It was a little bit too reminiscent of things that I've seen in my life. And I don't mean on TV. I mean personally. So what I did is I'm like, you know, I just had to put on my big boy drawers. And I did what I needed to do, and I went back and I watched the series. I mean, straight through, which was emotionally taxing. But so, straight, shout out to Ava DuVernay. If I messed up your name, baby, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> terrible with names, but I think it's Ava DuVernay if I pronounced it correctly. And also, Queen Sugar is dope too. Thought I'd throw that out for you. So, going back to it. It took a lot to get through it, but now I'm looking up, and one of the ladies who was involved with it, she lost her book deal, and if the, and if this report is true, because I didn't, I, let me say, I didn't research these, I saw them on the internet, but there was one of the <coughs> other ladies who was teaching at Columbia, and she got removed from her position. So if those two things are true, I'm happy. 
I know it's not full justice. I know it's not full recompense. But sometimes you got to take what you can get. I'll take that. And I like any time, whether it's for show or for real, when Dr. King, as he said, the moral arm of the universe bends towards justice. Sometimes it takes a lot of time and a lot of cover-up to get it done because people don't want to be associated with with what was back then acceptable but now reprehensible. I take it how I can get it sometimes. I prefer it immediately and when it happens, but some cases, sometimes you got to wait. So shout out to Ava DuVernay. When they see us, like I said, if you haven't seen it, go get your heart and your meditation right. Go down, look through it, and then understand. The stuff that she put in there is so to the life of black men that I know and black men that are me. You know, because everybody talks about, oh, the cops wouldn't do this and the cops wouldn't do that and we got the right person. So this is a true life story, true life story. Me and my brother and my mother had just moved to Washington, D.C. Chocolate City. Let me tell you, baby, Chocolate City. Wonderful city. Howard University. Oh, my goodness. In the quiet, you should fall in love every five minutes looking around. Beautiful place. So it was me, my brother, my two cousins, and one of our friends. And we are in a Honda Accord. So you let's say the interior was looking really black because we, you know, Honda Accords weren't that big back then. So we packed in there. Traffic is backed up off of Georgia Avenue. We make a right, I think, on the 14th. We're in Northwest. And my cousin was like, yeah, make a left down this street because this is packed. We could be all there. I know a shortcut. We busted left. About 30, 40 seconds after we busted left, we are absolutely surrounded by police. Absolutely. And I say absolutely, I don't mean like one or two. I mean it looked like somebody had called in a bank robbery. We had cops on all sides of the car. And when I say all sides, I mean two or three on each side. There was like four or five cop cars. We were surrounded. We don't know what we did. We weren't speeding, nothing, right? Cop comes over talking to real disrespectful. My brother asked, why are you pulling us over? Cop straight up said, you are six, was it five or six of us? It was five of us. You are five black men in a car with out-of-town plates on a known drug street. That is suspicious. We're like, but we didn't do anything. He said, you didn't have to. You were five black men with out-of-town plates on a known drug street. Therefore, you are suspicious. Only justification. So this dude is reading us the riot act. Now, we just moved there, and my brother had his car shipped to D.C. And if any of y'all just coming in to listen, I'm talking about a cop experience, and I got on this because I was talking about when they see us, the um, special on Netflix done by Ava DuVernay. So, again, you know, they're harassing us, talking all of this smack, right? So, we just moved there. My brother had his car shipped there, so he didn't know where the registration was. It could have been in the glove compartment or it could have been at home because he didn't remember which one he did because he didn't know if he wanted to leave his registration in the car when they shipped it. You get that. So, the cop says, Insurance or registration. My brother said, listen, I just moved here. I don't know where my paperwork is, 
but you can run my plates. Everything is up to date. We'll be good. I don't feel comfortable reaching or looking for my registration. The cop said, look for the registration. My brother said, no. My cop, then the cop said, look for your registration right now. And my brother said, I don't know where it is, but it's anywhere. It might be in the glove box. He said, look in the glove box. So my brother kept one hand on the steering wheel, and he reached. He did not get to the glove compartment. He reached to the glove compartment, and the cop put his hand on the back of my brother's head. Now, as I remembered it, he didn't pull out the gun. But my brother, when we talked about the story, he said, no, he pulled it out, which tells you where I was because I was only 17. Was I 16? I was only 16. And I guess the sight of a cop putting a gun to my brother's back of my brother's head scared the piss out of me. So he put his hand on my brother's shoulder, and he put the gun to the back of my brother's head, and he said, what the fuck are you doing? And my brother looked at him, confused as hell, because he just got the order to go in the glove compartment. And the cop goes on to say, if you move like that again, I'll put a hole in the back of your head. My brother promptly says, you told me to look for the registration. And this is what the cop said, no lie, no joking. He said, next time I give you a direction, let me know before you're going to do it. Think about that. Cop told him to reach and then put a gun to the back of his head. And then my brother said, you told me to. The cop said, next time, let me know before you're going to follow my instructions. Let me know before you're going to do it. Real story. So the stuff that they say about what could and couldn't happen or what did or didn't happen is um, in regards to the um, when they see us and how fake it was, listen, I've seen it. I've lived it. I, I've seen it up close. I, I, I've seen it with my mother. I've seen it with me. Just the blatant disrespect that some policemen show. Now, I'm not saying all policemen are bad because I have friends from college who went into policing. I mean, brothers. And this is how righteous one brother is because, you know, I'm a poet. And the brother told me, he said, listen, and this is when he was doing security at one of the open mics. He said, I want you to write a poem about bad cops. And I looked at him and I said, dude, if I write a poem about bad cops, that's going to make it rougher on you. That's going to make your life and your job rougher. And you know what he said? There's enough of us who are crooked and bad out there that I'll deal with that. You need to write the poem. And because I was cool with you and I was cool with the brothers who were policemen in the city, I didn't write it. But think about that. A policeman said he was willing to be basically just vilified and deal with the backlash of being clumped in with bad policemen because there was so there was so many or such a proliferation of, of of bad policemen in his in his view that he was willing to take some of the heat to call them out. So yeah, if you don't know, now you have some insight. And if you have some real good insight, now you know. It is real. And so that is a hot topic for the day. Police and the things that you've seen in the When They See Us documentary are real. I've seen them. I've lived them. I've been the victim of them. 
and I've been with them through conversations of my peers. So, yes, for those who don't believe, you're talking to someone who lived through it and who's seen that stuff. And, yes, it's real. And, yes, it's terrible. But that's the hot topic. And that shouldn't be a hot topic. It should just be knowing the truth. Racism is real, and those people who have power and wield it with their racist intent and their racist perspective do racist things, and they do terrible and sometimes irreversible things that scar people's lives forever. So with that, let's get off of that because, yeah, I'm starting to get re-triggered and live a little bit through that. So the next thing we're going to talk about, we went through a hot topic. The next thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about transitions, and then we're going to talk about destinations versus ways of life, means of living. And so in the spirit of communication and healthy communication and building with each other, we go listen to some Khalid as he tells us, let's talk. Let's talk. Can we 
talking about talking talking is some good stuff i want to say that this is the d hour radio network if you want to call in you can call in at 646-668-2574 again 646-668-2574 and yo i got some love on the brain so we're going to hit that, then we're going to get into our conversation. with fire. 
just to get close to you Cause we're burning someday And I'll run for miles just to get a Alrighty, that was Rihanna, Love on the Brain. This is the D-Hour Network. This is the next chapter with your host, A-Town, and then our other lovely host, Joy Joy. She has some personal things to take care of, so it's just me rocking and rolling with you today. We've listened to a little bit of Sheep and Good Times. We've listened to a little bit of Khalid, Let's Talk, and we listened to some Rihanna, Love on the Brain. Like I said, today we are talking about transitions. So I want you to think about for one second what a transition is. Have you thought about it? All right, that's enough time. I'm going to read you the definition of transition. Of course, there's one, but um, as a noun and the other one is a verb. The noun is, a transition is the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another and then verb is to undergo or cause to undergo a process or a period of transition. So transition is going from one state or condition to the other. It's not changing who you are. It's not changing your nature necessarily, although changes in nature can be part of it. But we're not acting like you're a different person. We're acting like you're going, consider the spectrum, like from zero to 100. Zero is the worst you, 100 is the best you. Transition is going up that spectrum, like from zero to one, one to two, two to three. You're still operating in who you are, but you're becoming a better, more improved version of yourself, and you are reaching your highest potential. And see, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about transition. I'm not saying become another person because I don't believe you become another person. I believe, you know, and to quote Freud, you know, bringing old white guys into this, Freud said that inside of every person, you have the potential for the ultimate evil and the ultimate good. Everything that exists in humanity exists inside everybody. And it's just about which part of that you live into the worst part or the best part. So when you become a better part of yourself, you didn't change who you were. You just changed how you were living and how you were presenting and what you were doing and became a more improved version of yourself. So the process or period of changing from one state to another. Sometimes it is immediate and sometimes it's slow. Where we go awry is we think that all changes or transitions, for the most part, 
are the same. And so we judge. So, for instance, let's take the presidential election. And they're talking about Joe Biden and his change in stances. Do I believe him? I don't know. Do I accept what he's, what he's, what he's done? I'm not going to say no because it's going to look like I'm rejecting it. I'm just going to say I don't know yet because I don't know his transition. I don't understand how he went from one position to the other. Now, where I think most people are going awry is, well, he just had that transition today, and, you know, therefore it's not genuine. Some transitions are immediate. Take, for instance, the person who says, I can never stop smoking or I can never stop drinking. Then they walk into the doctor's office, and the doctor says, if you take one more drink or one more puff of a cigarette, you could expire and die. And now a person who said they're going to be living and dying, drinking and smoking, and that there was nothing they can do about it, when they are faced with a life or death decision, all of a sudden, this wherewithal, this courage, this strength that they couldn't muster before, all of a sudden pops up. And now all of a sudden that person, because they don't want to die, doesn't drink again or doesn't smoke again. And so they say, man, they, 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 got, they mustered up some courage. Well, the courage was there. They just didn't activate it. And then what happened is they were put in a position, the stark reality, that facilitated the transition from I'm going to die drinking, smoking cigarettes, so you know what? I'm not going to die, and I'm not going to smoke or drink anymore. It's the same thing. And some transitions come over a long period of time. So, for instance, I had a friend. And in college, he used to always <coughs> break girls' hearts. And I said, yeah, man, when karma comes for you, it's going to be brutal. And I said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to laugh at you. And then I'm, I'm going to help you get whole because you're my boy and I want you to be all right. But I'm going to laugh at you first. And this joker was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm never going to fall in love. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I'm at the apartment. Nobody calls. You know, somebody just shows up at my door, which is strange. Nobody just shows up at my place. He knocks on the door. I open the door. His head fell on my shoulders. Dude is crying. He walked in my living room, fall down, talking about, yo, man, this love shit hurts. And I was like, karma. And I laughed at him. And then we worked through it. But see, his transition was over a long period of time. He did not believe that karma was coming for him, and it took a long time. He went years before that change. And who was to say, like, well, man, you know, that took him a long time. So, you know, that change ain't real, or that change is real. Truth be told, it's his change. It was his transition. He's gone from a, period, a point of where it's okay to do what I'm doing to, like, yo, I realize what I'm doing to somebody now, this sucks. And it took him a long time. And when I say it took him a long time, there were girls who complained. There were girls who said that he, you know, he hurt him and this, that, and the other. And he said, hey, that's just a game. And he wasn't moved by that. And so that's why I said the transition was slow because he had guideposts and signposts to let him know that what he, doing, what he was doing wasn't all right. But it wasn't until it caught up with him long term that he learned. So he didn't get the, the small hint, so he got the big hint. And that's the way it happens. Sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short, sometimes it's in the middle. And the goal is not to judge it by the time. It's to judge it 
by its authenticity and its realness. With the smoker and the drinker who get that death sentence, that's authentic and real. When my boy, who got his heart broke after all of those other stories, he started reliving those stories and understand what he did to people when it became real. So with that, understand transitions are not homogeneous. In other words, there's no set length of transition. There's no specific period where if you don't transition in that period of time, your transition is, is not real. What makes it real, what makes it honest and authentic, is if you actually go through something that genuinely takes you from one state of condition to the other. So this is the DIY Radio Network. This is um, the next chapter. Our call-in number is 425-292. Oh, that's wrong one, wrong one. Bleep that out. Um, the guest call-in is 646-668-2574. I was about to give you all the host call-in. It's 646-668-2574. Call in if you got questions and or comments. So, again, we're talking about transitions. So the thing about it is you want to look for factors that lend themselves to explain the transition if you want to judge. So we'll look at Biden. They said what happened with Biden, he was standing on the Hyde Amendment. So they said that his constituency got together and started explaining it to him because sometimes we have unintended consequences. So, for instance, if we say nobody can wear red because we're in a place where being wearing red is considered gang-affiliated and you can't wear red, but then you have a baseball team whose uniforms are red, even though the intention was not to change it, you know, to prohibit the kids from wearing their uniforms, that puts them in a position where they're not supposed to wear their uniforms in that situation because they're red. And, well, we didn't mean that. Well, just because you didn't mean it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So sometimes you have unintentional consequences. So understand sometimes when you make transitions, it's because you've come into contact with those unconditioned, um, unintended conditioning or the un- unintended outcomes, and you're not happy with them. So what Joe Biden said is, now that I realize that, you know, abortion is being cut, abortion clinics are being cut and defunded, you know, and now women are not having access to the needed resources, I can no longer stand by this amendment and further or exasperate that position. Now, again, I'm not saying that it was genuine. I'm not saying it was disingenuous. But what I'm saying is, based on his reason for saying it, it sounded genuine because he didn't say, I think federal funds should go there. He never changed that stance. He never changed the stance that, you know, he thinks that the um, amendment was okay. What he said is, I don't think the amendment is okay in this environment and at this time. And so that's why I don't think that his change was disingenuous. I don't see a big change. I just think that what he was saying is that women should have access to these services, and now that these services are being cut, what he thought was not appropriate is now appropriate because it might be the only thing. And so 
I don't see a big moral switch where people are like, well, he changed his mind. I'm like, he changed his mind based on condition. But we're talking about transition. And so I use Biden because that's just some of the news of the day. And so I'm saying don't judge him because he went from one position to another. Look at the reasons and the underlying factors of this transition and ask, do you believe him? And like I said, based on what I've seen, I didn't see a big fundamental shift in him not backing the Hyde Amendment. I just think what he said was accurate. The atmosphere of the current administration and the current administ- you know, local administrations on the state level are so antagonistic toward women who want to seek those services that he can no longer support this amendment because it exacerbates it. So I don't see a big switch. But again, transitions. Transitions, remember, there's no time period. There's, 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 there's no specific length of time or condition that delineates a true transition. It's a transition that's true if it's true. And if you want to, like I said, you want to judge it, look at the factors surrounding it and then question if those factors in your judgment are considered sufficient for the change or the movement that you see in the person. And ultimately, it's not ours to judge because, truth be told, even if we don't think it's genuine, if it's genuine, it's genuine. Our opinions don't have any effect on it. But we have to interact with people, and therefore we have to have a means of assessing. But do your best to make sure your assessment is accurate and based on something that's factual and congruent with the situation and not just your opinion. Because like I said, opinions are like assholes. Everybody got them, and most of them stink. So there we go. So that's when we talk about transitions. Transition is just going from one state or condition to the other. And so to get to your next chapter, you're going to go through a transition. And, and remember what the definition said. It's, a, it's, it's a, uh, the process or period. So it's not just one thing most times. It is a collection of things, hopefully in a way ordered to bring about a certain end but we're talking about a process or a period of changing. So don't think that it has to be this miraculous overnight, you know, you get touched by an angel, fall out, and you wake up, and all of a sudden you're in that, you know, that magic place. Sometimes it is a transition. Like I said, with my boy, who have been getting exposed to heartbreak over and over again, but it wasn't until he got to his that he made that transition. And the reason I believe he got to his is because he was not cognizant and paying attention deeply enough to the ones that were put out before him saying, yo, stop this before it gets to you, because he had to learn. So there we go. So remember, give yourself time to process or go through a period of change to get to that next place. And when I say patience, I'm talking about in the clinical concept of patience. I'm not just talking about waiting and hoping. I'm talking about doing what you need to do to get to a certain place or state and then giving it the time to come into fruition. It's like planting. No matter how much you hope, once you plant your tomatoes, hoping is not going to make them grow any quicker. You know what I'm saying? Going out and doing good deeds is not going to make the tomatoes grow any quicker. What's going to happen is 
you're going to plant the tomatoes, then they're going to blossom in their time. And your patience, if you planted the tomatoes properly, the, the ground is fertile, and the conditions for them growing are correct. Because if, if, one or, if, one or no, if one or none of those things are present, then you're not being patient, waiting for the, you know, patient and, and, and expecting the tomatoes to come up. You're actually just waiting and hoping and have no real basis to, to think that they will because you haven't done what you needed to or the conditions aren't such that tomatoes are going to grow. So understand, there is a demand in the transition period, and that is that you do the work that you need to be doing and that needs to be done to get to where you're going, and then you go through that transition period. And understand, you do not change who you are. You're the same, but what you're doing is you're improving yourself. You're becoming a better version of yourself through your functioning and behavior. So with that, I'm saying in some ways that you are imperfect and perfect all in the same body, and the choice is which one will I live into. I prefer the perfect. And so for that, we're going to play a little song by Ed Sheridan called Ed Sheeran. I'm sorry, I called you Sheridan like you were a hotel. Ed Sheeran, and it is perfect. Now, remember, this is the D.I.R. Radio Network. This is the next chapter. This is your host, A-Town. My girl, Joy Joy, is out taking care of some personal business, so she's not here today. And today we're talking about transitions, and we're talking about destinations versus ways of life. And what, we were saying, what I was saying to lead into this song is there's imperfection and perfection, and it is a spectrum. And you can be on any part of that spectrum. And the more you go up that spectrum, you're not changing who you are. You're not becoming a different person. You're just becoming a better version of yourself. So that means you don't have to work to be perfect. You are perfect. You just need to live into your perfection. So with that, let's get some Ed Sharon perfect in the house. And then we'll be back. I found a love for me Darling, just dive right in Follow my lead I found a girl Beautiful and sweet I never knew you were the someone Waiting for me when we fell in love Not knowing what it was I will not give you up This time Darling, just kiss me slow Your heart is all I own And in your eyes You're holding mine Between my arms 
about destinations versus, you know, ways of life. So in that, we have formation. And because we got formation, we got Beyonce doing formation. This is for the beehive. I know y'all real. I've seen you. You're massive. And it's cool. All right. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress I'm so possessive so I rock his rock necklaces My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana 
Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. in my bag. I see it. I want it. That was Beyonce formation. So let's talk about the definition of formation. Um, Reading standard um, definition from the dictionary, or actually from the internet. I mean, hell, who has a dictionary nowadays? When you got Google, I tell my kids, if you don't know, ask God, and if God don't answer you, ask Google, because Google is right under there. Goes Google, God, everybody else. I mean, God, Google, everybody else. Let me get that wrong. I mean, that's a slip, Lord. That one for you. Goes God, Google, everybody else. So, formation. The action of forming or process of being formed. Synonyms. Emergence. Coming into being. Genesis. Development. Evolution. Origination. Shaping. Generation. In other words, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about transition. Right? You are going from one state or condition to the other. They're all 
different forms of you. So that's why I'm saying I'm not, you're not changing. There's a zero you and there's a 100 you. And your transition is when you are going from one level of you to the next level of you. And on each level of you, there's an action of forming or a process of being formed. You are becoming a better version of yourself. That is a genesis. That is a development, an evolution, an origination, a shaping, right, a coming into being. Now, the question is, what do you come into? That's the big question. You know, because a lot of times you get something, and the first question is like, what the hell do I do with this? You know, I got it. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? And then that becomes the driving question and the thing that you need to figure out. So, as I was saying, we were going from the transition, and then you can either, from the transition, you can go into a destination or you can go into a way of life. Now, the problem I see with most of the world is people mistake a way of life for a destination. And let's use one of the most common ones, weight. Oh, I can't wait till I get down to this weight. Or I'm going to get down to this weight and I'm going to do this. And then people do what we call yo-yo dieting. They get down to that weight, then they balloon back up. Then they get down to that weight, then they balloon back up. And see what they're not realizing, the reason that you're ballooning back up. And when I say realizing, I mean consciously processing and knowing. Because you can tell that they don't know. Because they're like, I don't know why I keep gaining all this weight. I don't know why I keep fluctuating like this. Because you've mixed up a destination, I mean a way of life for a destination. Weight is not a destination. It is a way of living. It is a way of interacting with exercise and food and activity. And so the reason people go back into the state of gaining weight is because they go back into the way they were living when they were heavy. You're living heavy. And that goes psychologically and emotionally. We will do something to cleanse our palates emotionally and psychologically. And once we're done, we'll go back to the way we were living before and things get heavy. And that's because living light is a way of life. It is not a destination. It's not a place that you reach and then that's it. It's not like your garage. Like I'm driving home. When I get to my garage, I'm home. That's it. You don't have to drive no more. You get out of your car, you go in, you sit down, and you're done. And you don't have to do anything else to get to your garage because the garage is a place. It is a destination. When you go to the store, you go to the store, you're at the store. You get what you need. You don't have to drive to another store unless that store is out of what you need. You're there. You do it. You've successfully done it. Then you go and you do something else. Those are destinations. But Weight, living light, that's a way of life. You can't take in more calories than you burn and not gain weight. You cannot be lethargic and inactive and sedentary and not eventually gain weight. You can't intake copious amounts of calories, starches, and fats and not gain weight. Unless you are working out enough to burn all the calories you're taking in. That's it. This is a simple equation. People act like losing weight 
is a difficult thing. And I don't mean to be crass, but let's look at people <clears throat> in starving and, and, and in food deserts. When I say food deserts, I'm not talking about like American food deserts where you can't get healthy food. I'm not like the food deserts where there's no food. You don't see the people having problems with losing weight. They're losing weight because they're not getting enough food. Period. So we have to understand that certain things are based on our behaviors. They are ways of life, means of living. If you want to stay light in your life emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, physically, you have to live a life that is conducive to it. And in all things, you got to stay away from junk food. And that's emotional junk food, psychological junk food, spiritual junk food. You got to stay away from being lethargic and inactive which means you have to be active emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and, 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 and spiritually. Because that activity is going to build up that muscle memory and it's going to build up that fitness. But at the point that you give up any aspect of it, you're in danger of going back to where you were and live in heaven. So, for instance, if you work out, but you start taking in more calories than you're working off, you're going to gain weight. No matter how much you're working out, if you burn off 10,000 calories and you take in 20,000 calories, you're gaining weight, period. That's just the way it is. So it is a state of burning off what you take in or more than what you take in. Like if you're trying to maintain a certain weight, it's taking in and burning basically a balance of calories. And that's done through activity or whatever you want to do. But you have to live that life. Oh, and I'm sorry, this is the Diallo Network. You can call in if you want to have questions or conversations. And the um, call-in number is 646-668-2574. This is the next chapter, Diallo Radio Network. And we're talking about transitions and we're talking about destinations versus ways of life. So, again, the reason that you most likely are going through something, look at it. Are you treating a way of life like a destination? Did you think you got there and that was it? Like getting a job. Some people think getting a job is a destination. No. Getting a job, if you're talking about keeping it, is a way of life. You could do everything you need to, to get a job, but if you don't come into work, if you don't do what you're supposed to if you're not on time and punctual. If you're not effective, you're going to lose that job. Why? Because you are not doing what you need to to keep it. So getting the job, that, in, the, in case, is a destination if your only hope was to get it and not keep it. <clears throat> but if you were talking about getting a job and you were implied getting it and keeping it, that's a way of life. Now you have to get up on time. You have to dress properly. You have to come in with the proper knowledge base. You have to increase your knowledge base if necessary. You have to learn how to get along with your bosses and your peers. You got to learn how to cater to your customers. You got to learn how to do that without compromising and sacrificing yourself to the point that you can't do it long because it hurts so much. See, all of these things are ways of life, and that's what we have to understand. Most things are not destinations. Destinations are little temporal things that we do just in our spare time 
that do have impact but not a whole lot of meaning. Like I said, going to the store. Going to the store has a lot of impact, but it doesn't have a lot of meaning. People don't say, what does it mean when I walk in the grocery store and pick up, you know, fresh fruit? It means you're going shopping for fresh fruit, right? That's a destination. I went there to get some fruit. I picked up the fruit. I came back. That's it. But if you're actually talking about living healthy, it's about going someplace. It's about finding fresh fruit. It's about preparing it or eating it in a timely fashion and in a way where you can get the most nutrients and then working out and doing something to guarantee that you're maintaining your fitness. See, that's a way of life. But just getting fruit, yeah. That's just going to the store and picking it up. But doing something with it, instilling it into a healthy lifestyle, that is a continuous set of actions and behaviors. And so I, I challenge you, look at your life. Look at where you fall short. Look at where you're having problems. And I can almost guarantee you, you are treating a destination like a way of life. You looked at it like I got here and the goal was getting here and that's all I need to do. Like you drove to the store and you bought the fruit, but you didn't take it home. You didn't keep it kept properly. You didn't let it stay fresh. And then you took it someplace and it rotted and you never ate it. And so buying the fresh fruit was of no benefit to you because you did not do what you needed to carry out the behaviors or the way of life that was needed to ingest it to get what you needed to put your life in a better perspective physically according to your health. So look at your life. Ask yourself, am I treating it like a destination or a way of life? Let's look at another thing. We talk about, let's say, the athlete. Look at the athletes. Athletes, after they stop playing, you see them balloon up. And not all of them, but some of them. You see them have problems with their weight. You see them have problems with their muscle mass. They become from lean to, to like to lean to large, you know, from, from ripped to round. And then they're like, man, I got to do this. And then you see them and they do stuff like where – they end up on um, I forgot what uh, I forgot who it was. Don't know. It was somebody. Next thing you know, they're on Weight Watchers. You know what I'm saying? People who were almost the epitome of fitness now are on Weight Watchers and doing these programs. You know why? Because they went from a way of life, and then they just treated it as a destination, and then they had to start doing something to reinstill that way of life. Well, if they had just kept that way of life up. And understand, as you get older, the regiment of a professional athlete is hard to maintain. So I'm not saying that you should be running like you were when you were in your prime, but you should be running. I ain't saying you should be lifting like you were lifting in your prime, but you should be lifting. I ain't saying you need to be active like you were in your prime, but you need to be active because if you maintain a monicum and a balance of activity and lifestyle, then you're going to maintain your status quo, where you're at at the time. So status quo is basically saying you're doing what you need to do to maintain what you've achieved. And so let's redefine status quo. Status quo isn't just, hey, he's this or she's this. It is a behavior and a lifestyle attached to it. 
So now let's start redefining what we do. Let's look at relationships because sometimes they get old. Sometimes you get up there and they be like, you used to buy me flowers, this, that, and the other. And then people are like, yeah, I got to buy you flowers all the time. Or you used to dress nice for me and put on lingerie. Well, I can't do that all the time. Well, see, that's what we're missing. The level of romance and intimacy that was in the relationship was based on ways of belief of behaving. They were, they were based on actions, behaviors, ways of life. She always looked good. He always looked good. He was always considerate. She was always thoughtful. And then when those things disappear, we wonder why we don't like each other anymore or we can't stand to be around each other because we looked at the relationship and each other as destinations. I got her. I got him. Okay, I ain't got to do all this other stuff because what I did was just to get them. But like I said with the job, if you plan on getting it and keeping it, you need to have a way of life. You need to have a lifestyle. You need to have things going on that are consistent that show you are deserving of what you want. The way that you get the body you want is by being active and eating like you need to to deserve that body. You know, it's not like, you know, this is Aladdin or something where you can find a, 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 a genie in a bottle or some magic wishes and they're going to come up there and make you skinny. I mean, they got lipo and all these other different surgeries, you know, but if you're talking about, even then, you're talking about paying for it, which is some work that you got to put in to get that money. I mean, you're doing something for it. It's just not going to come to you. And so the question you have to ask is, how do I want it to come to me? And is the way that it's coming to me going to be something that is sustainable and long-lasting? And that's what we're going to talk about next, because it's not about just getting it. It is about getting it and being able to maintain it. So, yes, if you set high standards in the beginning of a relationship that you're not going to be able to keep going into the relationship in, 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 that, in those, those lean years, you know, lean times, you're going to have problems because they're going to think you've changed. And really, you didn't change. You just stopped hiding who you were. You were never that person that was going to do this all the time. So a lot of times we don't understand. We shoot ourselves in the foot, per se, using the metaphor, by putting forth an image that we can't sustain. It's about sustainability. It's about what you can do to maintain where you're at. And that's when we talk about ways of life. That's what you also have to look at. If someone says, well, I want to have a six-pack all my life, question now is, are you going to do what you need to to maintain a six-pack all of your life? If no, well, hold up, I'll just take a four-pack and I'll be good because I can do what it takes to get a four-pack or I can do what it takes to keep a flat stomach, but I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to maintain the six-pack, so I'm not going to sit up there and beat myself up about not having the six-pack and question myself when I know I don't even have the wherewithal desire to work hard enough to keep a six-pack. So it's also about maintaining and sustaining what you have. Can you keep it up? Because if you can't, then you're setting yourself up for failure and your partner or whatever, whoever else in your life who's dependent on that for disappointment. So we had transition. Then we have destination versus way of life. Some things you arrive at, some things you have to arrive at and then work more to keep. And you have to be able to delineate between the two. 
Is this a destination or a way of life? If it's a way of life, understand at that point, now we have to look at how can I sustain it and what can I sustain so I can set up some consistency in my life. But just remember, like we were talking about on that continuum, there is the zero you and the 100 you. And each time you make a transition, you go from changing, you know what, or, or going to another period or condition, you're talking about just a better form of you, not a different you, but going from the zero you to the 20 you, going from the 20 you to the 50 you. We are talking about a process or a period of time going into something and having a formation, as Beyonce says, and that's the action of forming or process of being formed. Like we said, emergence, coming into being, and you're going from that lesser version of you to a higher version of you, and they're all you. They're just you acting at different levels of your potential, and that's what we talk about, the transition into the way of life or the destination. So with that, I want you to remember, like we said with the song Perfection, you are everything that you can and will be right now is just about what you're living into. So don't go looking to be something. Understand you are. And as Prince said, and I agree, I'll stop. Oh, yes. And this is the G-Hour Radio Network. This is the next chapter. This is Anthony A-Town. Co-hosting. My girl, very girl, is out doing her thing. And we're rocking. And if you want to talk, after the call, you can call us at 646 2574 
that was Prince, We Are a Star. And this is a throwback. Actually, this is one of my favorite female MCs. I've always thought she was funky and talented. And she grew up and is fine. So, yes, if you're in this, the black, you are fine and A-Town said it. And I don't care what nobody else say. Yes, ma'am. And you makes me wants to be functified. And I will take that. talking about sustaining 
in the last section. So we have to understand that part of a lifestyle is understanding that you have to be able to keep it up. If you don't keep it up, it's not a lifestyle. If you don't keep it up, that's not what you do, which means that's not who you're being at the time. It's like being the champion of the world. You're only the champion of the world unless when you when you keep winning. At the point that you lose, you were the champion of the world, and you are a champion, but you are no longer the champion of the world. It is something you have to keep doing. You have to keep winning. So it's the same thing with your lifestyle. If you don't keep doing it, it's what you were, not who you are. You are what you do. You do what you are. You can see, ask which one comes first, the card of the egg or the chicken, chicken or the egg. But truth be told, in our current state, they're inextricable from each other. And we just know that one comes from the other. And so when we talk about sustainability, what are the things we're looking at? One, motivation. Now, again, I, I use a lot of clinical terms, and some terms, you know, they seem like they're just regular colloquial words, but they're not. So when I say motivation, I'm not talking about motivation in layman's terms. Motivation, and this is from <coughs> educational psychology, motivation is initiating and sustaining a goal-oriented task. So my question when you talk about lifestyle, do you want it enough, and do you have the potential and ability enough to initiate and sustain that way of life? If not, you're going to become a has-been. You would have been something and then you would have started to become something else. So we want to look at motivation. That's one of the things we want to look at sustainability. Do you have what it takes to initiate and sustain a goal or focus-oriented task, right? And that's just the motivation. Now, after we get the motivation, we have: do you have the ability and the talent like, because you might have the desire and work ethic to become a famous athlete or a famous dancer. But if you don't have rhythm and you can't keep a beat, I don't care how in shape you are and how good your plies and, and, and your jetés and whatever they call them are, the fact that you can't hit a beat means you're not going to be a great dancer. And I don't care if you're the fastest person on the team, have the biggest hands, you're the tallest. If you're a wide receiver and you can't catch, you're not going to play wide receiver. And you might have all of the physical abilities, and you might have the drive and the desire to do it the rest of your life, but you have not developed the capability and talent, you're not going to be that. So the next thing you want to look at is, okay, and I'm not putting these are not in any certain order. So don't say this has got to get the motivation this, that, and the other, because all of them are present, and how they have to be put together is an equation that you have to figure out. But you know, after looking at motivation, 
we also have to ask, do you have the skill set or the ability to do what you want to do? So, for instance, if you want to be, let's say, um, I don't know, what, what's something that's, oh, say that you want to you want to be a, a, a swimmer, right? But you're afraid of the water. Now, you do all the workouts a swimmer does except get in the pool. You do the weights, you do this, you do the lean muscle, but you're not getting in the water. You're not going to be a swimmer. Even though you might have the physical attributes of a swimmer, the lean muscles of a swimmer, if you're afraid to get in the water, it's not happening. So we have to look at motivation and we have to look at ability capabilities, right? And then after that, we have to look at does it fulfill us? And you would think, well, if I have the motivation and ability, of course it's fulfilling. No, not so, not so, not so, not so. It's a lot of people in life who are doing things that they're great at and that they're maintaining and sustaining, but they're not happy. And so they have all this money, all this success, everything, but they're unhappy. Why? Because they thought just because they had the ability and the motivation that that was all they needed. No, you have to have a love and a desire. So we're talking about sustainability. We're talking about, so we mentioned motivation. We're talking about capability and ability and love and desire. And, of course, there's other things, but those are like three major things, right? And so you have to look at things in context. And, again, we're talking about sustainability. We're talking about not a destination, a way of life. In context of how does this look for me in the long run? Not in one year, not in two years, not in three years, not unless you plan on every couple of years changing what you do and how you do it. Not unless you plan on, yeah, I'm going to do this until I get tired and do something else, but then I don't know what kind of success rates you're going to have or what kind of consistency you're going to I know your consistency is going to be garbage. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't have the motivation, the ability and capability and the love, chances are, even if you're great at it, you're not going to like it. You know, and that can become a problem. So with that, we're going to play a little song. And I just want to play this because I don't know what it was. I never heard it. Never heard it. I don't remember it. If you try to get into a lifestyle where you don't have the motivation, the ability and capability, and the love, you're going to need this. You're going to need somebody to pray for.
world, I fight too, I fight myself I fight God to tell me how many burdens left I fight pain and hurricanes, today I wept I'm trying to fight back tears, flood on my doorstep Life to live in hell, puddles of blood in the street Shooters on top of the building, government aid ain't relief Earthquake, the body drop, the ground breaks The poor run with smoke lungs and scar face Who need a hero? Hero you need a hero, look in the mirror, there go your hero Who on the front lines at ground zero? Hero. My heart don't skip a beat even when hard times bumps the needle Mass destruction and mass corruption, the souls are suffering men Clutching on deaf ears again, rapture is coming It's all prophecy and if I gotta be sacrificed for the greater good Then that's what it gotta be Fertile ground, atmosphere, 
surrounding environment to grow. A lot of times we get suffocated out because where we're at does not allow us the opportunity to grow freely, and so we grow tired. And so this is about the resolve. So part of the motivation of which is the initiating and sustaining a goal or focus-oriented task is endurance. And you have to be able to endure. And that's what we have to talk about, our ability, wherewithal to work through. Because there are going to be atmospheres and environments that are not healthy for us, that are antagonistic to our causes, right? And therefore, we have to have a higher level of motivation, we call it dedication resolve, to work through the adversity, the naysayers, the negative talk, the self-doubt, all of that. We have to be able to push through that. And so the best way to push through that is to put yourself in an environment and an atmosphere that's conducive to growth. Let's look at farming. Farmers don't plant in barren fields. When I say barren, let me play, let me change that. Farmers don't plant in nutrient poor soil and then try to go get nutrients and stick it in the soil. They don't take rough, dry land and crack it open and just try to throw something in there. They try to moisten up a little bit. They try to break it up. They want to make sure it's nutrient-rich when they plant it. They want to make sure the ground, the atmosphere, the environment is conducive for the seed's growth. And trust me, that is important to you. One of the things that a clinician will look at when they're talking about your prognosis or their prediction of your growth or lack thereof, a lot of it's going to be based on the environment you go back to. If you are trying to work through a problem and your environment is indicative of causing the problem, your prognosis is going to be low. So we have to talk about put yourself in an atmosphere and environment that's conducive of your growth and sustaining your lifestyle. So sustaining. We have motivation, capability, and ability. We have love of, right? And then we talk about the atmosphere, the environment, it being conducive to it. If you have those things, and of course there's more to it, this is simplistic, but basically if you have those four things, you can sustain, and you can sustain in a healthy and a long-term manner. And that's what we're talking about. We don't want to just move to a way of life and a way of being and not be able to sustain it. That's setting ourselves up for failure, right? And we don't want to set ourselves up for failure. So that's it. We talked about transitions. We talked about the spectrum of you, the zero you to the hundred you, and you're not changing. You're just becoming and transitioning into the process of the period of transitioning into the better form of you, the more improved form of you. We talked about that once you transform destination versus way of life, and then from way of life, excuse me, throat is dry. I'm talking so much, and I'm not drinking water or anything. My parched. 
from way of life, we go into sustainability. And sustainability, we talked about motivation, being able to initiate and maintain a goal or focus-oriented task. We talked about capability or ability. We talked about love, desire for, and then we talked about atmosphere and environment, you know, having some nutrient-rich soil in our lives to grow. And that's the thing about it. And then when all those things in place, you shine. That is, you bring forth the light and what you're supposed to bring in life. And when I say we're supposed to, living into your purpose. This is the D-Hour Radio Network. This is the next chapter with your host, A-Town, and saying hi to the other host of next chapter, um, Joy Joy, who has some personal things to take care of, so I'm sitting there doing my rogue thing. But like I said, if you want to call in, we got like 16 minutes. I don't know if anybody's going to call in, but if you do, it's 646-668-2574. Make a statement or a comment. So with that, we're going to do a song that I love, and I think I play it every time I do rogue stuff. (laughs) It's just one of my jams. And then we're going to come back and we're going to close up. We always do an affirmation, so I'm going to do an affirmation. You know, I'm going to throw out a little bit more about what I talked about as far as a hot topic because I want to touch on that again and give that all the peas in the world. And then, you know, we're going to sign off. But like I said, once you make that transition into a way of life and is healthy and sustainable, you get to shine. And so as Maumi said, shine your light on the world.
you know, it was life or death situations. Nobody, you know, um, the ones that I experienced, you know, well, no, I got to say no. It's yes, seen it all. So yeah, if you if if if, <laughs> if if you don't believe it, talk to a brother and he will confirm it for you. So with that, like I said, affirmation, move into the one hundred percent form of yourself into that higher being. Enjoy it, live it, make the best of it. Remember, we are talking about reaching your goals and living your life. We're talking about people mixing up destinations and ways of life. And then we talked about transitions. So, you know, we transition. Then we talked about the beehive. We form. And that is a continual process. And we continue to do that until we transition to a higher plane or until we reach the highest form of ourselves. Now, remember, we go from transition. Transition is that process or period of change or state of condition. And in that, implied in it is a formation, becoming, forming something. And that is going from your zero self to your one self to your 50 self to your 100 self. And inside of that, making sure that you don't mix up a way of life or a destination because everything from weight to love to relationships, they are ways of life and being. And some keys to ways of life and being are, one, motivation. Can you initiate and sustain a goal or focus-oriented task, right? Do you have the ability or capability to do it, right? Do you have the love or desire to do it, right? Those are very, 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 very important. And then I forgot the fourth one. I'm talking, now I'm thinking about ending the show and the song I'm going to end it on. I forgot the fourth one. Y'all want to know the fourth one? Rewind, because I literally just went blank. Because we talked about um, motivation, ability, um, love, and then um, and, um, we talked about love, and, and then what, what was the other? Oh, then we talked about atmosphere and environment. I remembered it. Planning your life in fertile ground. Those are things that we're talking about. So with that, as long as you do those things, you will keep moving, keep grooving, keep reaching, and getting higher. So as the whisper says, if you do that, the beat will go on, and the beat goes on, and the beat goes on, and the beat goes on.
soul in there. Hey. I am Brahms on the track. Covenant Cafe, hit you on a Sunday. Say it radio, flip it on on Monday. Friday too, you can get it Tuesday or one day. That's the hour radio. Now the Tuesday spot, that's a given. Not the head radio, that's on Wednesday, how you live it. See you moving side to side as you listen. That's the hour radio. Welcome to the nightlife on Thursday. In the up, give it to you in the worst way. So Saturday, we gon' serve you like you Thursday. That's the hour radio. That's the hour radio. Network. You gon' get the hour radio. Network. All the dips is riding on the radio. Network. That's the hour radio. That's the hour radio. Network. You gon' get the hour radio. Network. This was the next chapter on the DIY Radio Network. We are signing off in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Peace.